Welcome to Fashion Futurist Podcast. It's your host, Camila Sanders, and this season we are discussing Africa. We're connecting with industry experts and individuals on the front lines to gain viable resources for your fashion journey. Together, we're working to take back fashion, shift power, shift economics, shift paradigms, and create a new sustainable ethical fashion system. Take a listen and let's accelerate fashion forward. So, hey, I am here with Enquo, and I'm so excited for you to be on the Fashion Futurist podcast. I've seen some of your designs. I've been following you, and it's amazing how you take waste and make it into something super fashionable. And so today we're going to talk about you, your journey, the brand, and talk about the fashion industry and how we can help to accelerate fashion forward to 2030 climate goals. But first, I would love for you to introduce yourself. Okay. Hello. Um, thank you so much for having me on. My name is Nkwa Onwuka, and I'm the founder and creative director of Nkwa, which is, um, it's my name, but it's also my mother's name, who I was named after. Um, she taught me how to sew. And the brand is so it's at the forefront of the sustainable fashion movement in Nigeria. So how long has the brand been around? Okay, so um, we relaunched in 2012 as an artisanal, sustainable brand. I think I'd always been sustainable, mindful, using things around to make clothes. But in 2012, it became really intentional. I decided I was going to push this, story in such a way that other people could see that it was possible and they could learn from me and do the same thing because I always feel that African and African brands seem to be afraid to or they sometimes feel like they can't do we, we just can't do things we can't invent things we can't be innovative we can't be the first at but we actually can and um, so that's really part of why I became more intentional about looking at ways we could use waste, looking at ways we could work in fashion that would have a less negative impact on the environment. And at the same time, we need to preserve our trad traditional craft skills. And so I found a way to bridge the gap between the two. And um, yeah, that, that's where and how I started so how did you get into sustainability, which is interesting because it, to me, we don't necessarily, <laughs> it's just kind of was a way of life for me growing up until, you know, as I got older, now it's a big, you know, sustainable ethical fashion. And it's as if these things are new, but it was just kind of a way of life for me. So how did you first kind of get into it or even hear about the term sustainable ethical fashion? Okay, so like you, it was a way of life. Um, I learned how to sew. My mother taught me how to sew. And I used to use the scraps of her table to make clothes for my dolls. Um, and it was always like that. We used to use like old cornflakes boxes to make dolls' houses or everything that we had around is what we used. So it's really in my DNA. Yeah, so it was around 2012, I decided to build a story around this way of life and 
In the past, I had been inspired by Vivian Westwood and Stella McCartney, because they were the two who, long time before anybody ever heard about sustainable fashion, they were already pushing that narrative. And I was greatly inspired by both of them. And I just, it, it was just sort of natural because it, it's how I grew up, it's what I do. I found a way to put that into practice in my business. And again, like I was saying, it, it, it's, it's something that I would like other people to do because you can't do it all by yourself. But if the, if the process isn't documented or if you don't see anyone else doing it and then, then you won't know, you know, where to go, how to start. And so I, I hope to be a source of inspiration to other brands as well. That's perfect because that's exactly why I created this channel, right? Is to help to connect people and to help to spread like what you're doing so that other people can be inspired, but then also connect. How do you even do that? Can you kind of walk us through the brand and how, what is kind of like, I don't, I mean, you don't have to necessarily go very deeply into your business model, but, but like how you use waste and how does that, how do you work with like local artisans for the brand? All right. So, um, well, the main focus of my brand is textile waste reduction. So two things happen. I used to live in the UK, but when I moved, when I came, moved back, when I used to come visit Nigeria, I'd always find myself, I love markets, so I've always been some market or the other. And the craft markets were brilliant. You get to see so much. But a lot of the people I met in those markets were old and their children weren't doing this, you know, like following through with the craft. And I was just like, so you mean when this person passes on, passes away, that's it, that's, it's all gone. And there's so much history and stories and just like, you know, things that make you like have goosebumps when they're telling you about things their grandfathers did. And then the other side of the markets, we have tailors, like, because we don't have high street stores here. So we have a lot of seamstresses, tailors, independent brands, and um, there's a lot of textile waste. It's just piles and piles of it. And I just thought to myself, like, how, how can we sort of bridge the gap between what's happening with the artisans and what, what's happening with the fashion side of it? And I, I just started using it in um, experimenting and finding ways that we could make it look like it's not waste. Do you know what I mean? So it looks good, it looks nice, and people can wear it. And um, so, so that's really how I started this whole journey um, and working with artisans I find it's just I just love it I love being there because it's I mean history and um, it's a way to keep our heritage going it's a way to keep our culture going it's like solving a modern problem with an ancient technique yeah it's a win-win on both sides you know but it, it, it is also it can be difficult because sometimes the artisans can't quite get what you're talking about. And so um, it, it takes going through, maybe you would, I, sometimes I would have to go through maybe three or four 
communities of weavers and and then eventually they will get what I'm trying to do. So in in all of this, I invented a new African fabric um, and it, it's a method of, I got this technique of stripping old denim and cut, cut off off cuts of denim and sewing them back together. And when I did that, it looked like woven fabric. And um, I decided to give it a name and I called it Dakala cloth because it's from the D from denim and the other part of it is the sound of the loom, which goes sakalasi, sakalasa. So I took the sakala and yeah, turned it into dakala cloth. So it really refers to any fabric that we make from waste. So we started adding more dimensions to it. So we have the original dakala cloth, which is sewn on sewing machine strips and we sew back. And then we have what we call dakala strings which is, again, we strip the waist fabric, stitch it together, turn it into a braid, and it forms this nice string. Uh, and then we make panels out of it, join together and turn it into a garment. And then our latest dimension or the newest one, which is actually most exciting, is that we're actually weaving the waist on traditional hand looms. So it's really woven. Yeah, it, it's just really amazing. And yeah, we keep that tradition going. So the weaving culture, which has been sort of dwindling, you know, like sometimes you can only find communities of weavers in quite remote areas. But what we're trying to do is bring it out to the cities and teach other people how to do it so that the waste that we have, which is, causing issues everywhere. It's, it's a resource which is readily available and we can keep the crafts going as well. Wow, that is super creative <laughs> to just kind of go through and do that technique. And I love how you're like preserving the culture and the techniques doing that and taking ways to do that. And just a, a little bit more because about the artisans that you work with, Really, you're helping to create wealth for them, right? Giving them opportunities to use their skills. Also, you know, in a business that can generate income in an ethical way. Sustainable fashion, right? A lot of times you think about, people think about the environment, right? But they don't necessarily think about the social aspects of it. And so for me, like when you have this business that is using waste, not only are you affecting the environment, but you're also doing it in an ethical way where where the people that are making the clothes are having like a decent wage and a decent work environment. And you're also preserving in ancient techniques and just highlighting that, right? Is that you're kind of doing it in the right way and the, you know, kind of ideal, sustainable, ethical way. Yeah, and I would just add to that. So because a lot of these artisans, like I said, they're far away and the children don't want to do it. So what we've done is we found a way to transfer that skill to people who can benefit from it as well. So we work with, we have a 
project that we call the Encore Transform project. We're teaching women in vulnerable communities how to weave, how to weave waste into all sorts of wonderful products. And um, what it does is that so it empowers the artisan who comes to teach them because they get paid and they see how the skill for some of them, it's not just about money, but it's about knowing that this thing has value and the value is going to live on after them. So they, it's just wonderful for them. And then for the women in these communities, they can take the children to school. They can look after themselves. You know, they see there's hope and there's future. Uh, they see a future in in for their lives actually because otherwise it would be sitting there living on charity and charity it doesn't really i don't think it empowers anyone i don't think it empowers anyone at all it's uh it's what was this thing they call it like toxic sugar and so it seems <laughs> sweet but it's actually not helping <laughs> it, it feels sweet because you just sit there and you get money but then what happens if the money dries up? What happens to your self-esteem? You're, you know, you're not doing anything with your life. And so this is, I think it's a much better way to handle this situation. Yeah, it's almost as if charity kind of puts a Band-Aid on something, but it doesn't actually solve any problems, right? And and like you said, the artisans that are that are teaching people these skills, like, just imagine you're teaching a skill to someone and that's living on. Like, I would much rather have that or do that and see the value than receive charity. So yeah, that's that's interesting. And you chose to focus on waste. I do want to ask you, like, I know you're probably very familiar with uh, sustainable fashion and the fashion industry and kind of how things work because you are you know, on the ground, your brand, and you, you've probably, you know, gone through it all as far as like supply chains and, you know, going to market and things like that. What do you think it would take for the fashion industry to meet, to make a drastic shift and meet climate goals? Hmm. I, you know, sometimes I don't know. I think the fashion industry says it, but I don't know if they actually really want to do it because during the pandemic or 2020, everyone was pledging, oh, we're going to do not do this and we're not going to do that. And we'll cut down fashion shows and we'll cut down. But nobody's cut down anything. Nothing has changed. In fact, if anything, it's even worse than it was before. So I think a lot of it is the mindset of both the producer and the consumer has to change and somehow we have to meet in the middle. Um, I think the producers, the designers have to be more innovative so they can come up with solutions that won't, that won't create a vacuum because I think what frightens most people is they keep saying buy less, make less, do that less, do this less. And then, so what do you replace it with? Because the fashion industry is a, um, it contributes largely to the, it's a huge economy. So if you say, don't buy anything, don't make anything, then what happens? Where we need to come together is to find a way that we can fill the vacuum. So you, you just sort of turn it upside down. 
So instead of making more, buying more, we need to find something else that can replace it. And until we do that, then I don't see how we're going to actually meet any goals by 2030. I don't think so. So I think more collaboration, more conversations, more think tanks, and less talk tanks, because there's a whole lot of talk. There's not a lot of action. <laughs> so, you know, everyone, it's easy to talk it, but it's not so easy to do it. So I think people like us who are actually doing it, maybe we need to scream louder and, you know, just draw more people into the conversation and into the yeah into the process that we can really make a difference it one person can't so if we don't all do it together then not very hopeful <laughs> i'm not very hopeful about it it is really interesting if you think about how the industry works in fast fashion and how much is being produced but then also how much is being consumed and a lot of that happens in the global north as far as like consumption, right? Um, so And so that, I think that's why people are saying do less, do less, do less. But what do you replace it with? Just like you said, right? And so my thought process is, well, we need to replace it with brands like yours, right? That are actually, I think you've said in the past, using waste as an opportunity and then creating something beautiful out of it, but then also working with artisans and preserving culture and doing it on a scale that's not just everything's mass produced, right? Um, And I know too that if I, I hope to be lucky enough to have one of your garments, Um, but if I did, like, I would, I would value that so much because it was made by a artisan you know, it was made from waste and they're absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. Nobody has this. And, and so that's, I mean, everyone, everyone strives and maybe we can talk about that a little bit, but everyone strives to have these name brands that are considered luxury. That's a debatable word. Right. But, um, but they're considered like, you know, bespoke, you know, one of a kind pieces and unique and handcrafted and quality and things like that. But like, to me, this is, this is that, right. And even more so than these larger brands. Yeah, I I think so. (laughs) I was just going to say, because the, there's, you can actually feel a connection. And if you read the story, then you get a sense of how close we we're so close to everything, you know? So uh, how do I put it? Like we're close to the artisans, what we know their names, you know where they live, we know their children, you know? And then we know the people who are making the clothes, um, small unit we have here, we know everyone. It's, so it's all like, uh, it's just like a family. And I feel that this, the, I feel like the, it's like the product is the story of, all of us and so it's very valuable because you've got all of our stories in it so imagine like a not really no pandora's box has a negative connotation right so just imagine you have like a a treasure chest and and that's what it is so it's all the treasures of my story artisan story taylor's story you know all of our stories are in that garment and 
I think that there's such a lot of value in that. And it's so unique to each product. It's so unique to each designer who works like this, that these things should be treasured, I think. Yeah. And so how do you communicate that story to just everyday people? How do you do that? I think the world is just really sort of ready to hear something something different, something that you can connect with because a lot of the connections have been broken. You know, too much too much digital technology and mm-hmm. you know, in some places people aren't talking physically, we're all, you know, cameras. And so I think the story just resonates because it's real people, it's real lives and it's from I could be anybody's anybody you know I could be your sister your mother your and so I'm I'm not a threatening figure people can relate to that and so the story is even it's sort of like it, it's received so well it's received so well we don't have to yeah we don't have to try so hard um, and then because the product is it's interesting it's creative it's different and so it just tells its own story and it sells itself right it's like people you know if you see it you're like oh what is this you want to know more and then like you said the product is a story and i think that's so great for brands to remember because you're not selling necessarily selling a piece of clothing like you're selling so much more than that it's it's about that emotion it's about the connection that people have to your story and what's behind the clothing. What resources would you recommend for brands that are looking to perhaps get into using waste for some of their materials or working with uh, artisans? Okay, I I was going to say, I think it depends on which side of the globe you live. In, In the north, global north, uh, access to artisans is a lot more difficult because there aren't that many, sti- you know, craftspeople um, that are still applying their trade. They're, they're, it's not like here where we have, I mean, it's fading away, but there's still pockets of people doing this. So I always tell young designers that one of the things you can do, well, there's several things, is sometimes I found artisans were just asking. So I might see somebody wearing a pair of slippers. I'm like, oh, these are cool. Where did you get that? Oh, so-and-so made it. And then um, trays and then go and see the person. And sometimes it connects and sometimes it doesn't. So that's one way. So by asking, another way is going to the market. So in a lot of local markets, there there are all these artisans, people who sell like baskets or maybe bronze trinkets that, that are handmade. And if you go to the, that area of the market where those people are, you can talk to them or the, the woven mats and ask them, who made this? Was it you? No, oh, it was this, it was this. And then you keep going until you find who actually made it. And yeah, then, then there you have your artisan. But I also feel that you need to define or decide what exactly is it that you want to do? What do you want to achieve? And then just go after that particular line of inquiry or research of, you know, because you can't be everything to everyone. 
So for young designers, I would say choose your choose your sustainability. Or choose your yeah, choose your story. Find a story that something that resonates with you and tell it. And if you're authentic, it will people will know and people will be drawn towards you. I love that. So how can people find you, connect with you, connect with the brand? Um, okay, so this is one of our, <laughs> we are on Instagram at import underscore official. We are coming with our online store. We've been saying this for a while, but really we are, really are. <laughs> and then there are other stockists. If you go on our um, Instagram, you can find other stockists, places where we sell. And um, and if you want to connect with a brand, not on a retail level, you can just send us an email or send us a DM on Instagram. And um, yeah, if you need to ask any questions about what we do, we're always happy to answer. So you don't have an online store yet, right? No, we don't. Said- no, no, no. Okay. We, sell through, <laughs> we have quite a few stockings yeah. that we sell through. Um, mm-hmm. But we are like, it's a bit, I don't know, it's just one of those things where somehow it just hasn't been right because we, 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 we're a small team, we have quite a lot of stockers and we know how we struggle to meet up with those orders and so having our online store we've been a little bit frightened because like if it gets crazy what do we do so we've built up our capacity now and we're sure that okay we can do it now so we're we're very soon we'll be up and running online with our store yeah and i think that's a good point too right is that you really have to think strategically about what your next step is as a brand, whether it's going to a retailer or it's getting, you know, or selling direct to consumer or, you know, like you said, you kind of took a pause and then you built up your resources and then you're going to go online versus kind of, you know, doing things in a premature yeah, way okay. and, <laughs> and um, you know, okay. kind of, kind of struggling through that. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so we don't want to struggle and we don't want to have another pause. So we don't want to like start and then, oh my God, we can't cope and then have to. <laughs> so we want exactly. everything to be like, yeah, we know we can push this out or push that out even, yeah, no matter how many orders we get. So it will come. It's coming soon. <laughs> yeah. And it's organic too, I feel, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like Very it organically organic. grows, right? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, it was great talking to you. It was great to kind of really get an insight into all the work that you're doing. And you're based out of Nigeria, right? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nigeria, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's great to kind of dive in and hear more about your story and the brand story and how your process is and in your thought process about the fashion industry. So thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Fashion Futurist Podcast. 
Let's take back fashion together. Like, subscribe, and share as these small actions help to spread the word and make a collaborative impact. For more ways to get involved, join me, Camila Sanders, in the Fashion Futurist community by visiting fashionfuturist.io. Let's take action and accelerate fashion forward.